The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. As you know, on every show, we're celebrating that this year, this year is the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act on July 26th. What a great, great celebration that is for us. And in addition, I've got to tell you some news April 14th is the Bender Career, Virtual Career Reality, Virtual Career Fair. There we go. It's the Virtual Career Fair. And why that's so important for companies, it doesn't cost a lot, and you will have access to over a 1,000 people with disabilities for employment. So what could be better than that? And you know what? This prevents you having to spend money going all across the United States. So don't forget, Bender Virtual Career Fair. Just go to www.benderconsult.com. And last but not least, hey, Yoshiko, how are you? She is my biggest fan. You know that? She's on every show listening. Yoshiko, lead on, love you. Can't wait to see you soon. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today before I introduce her. First of all, I've known her for a long time, and guess what? She's been at every disability event that I have. I mean, she is truly a passionate advocate. You know how some people say they are, but they don't put in the time? She puts in the time. She is the real deal. That's what I like about her. She is the real deal. She's a national disability advocate, a businesswoman, and my friend, Susan Masrui, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's a delight to have you. So, Susan, for our listeners uh, across the country, I want you to begin by telling them what you do at AT AT&T so they'll have a framework for what we're going to be talking about. Okay, I work in public policy at AT AT&T. I specialize on the area of accessible information and communications technology and aging in place. I work with internal stakeholders, folks on different business teams to help promote universal and accessible design, and I get my guidance from a whole lot of external experts in disability organizations, in areas of human factors, um, and people who've just been in the field for a long time, like people like you, who understand how important what we do is for people with disabilities. Well, you, in my opinion, are expert level in this area, but I know I asked you this question before. Uh, Susan, what was it like when they did not have this at companies, because I know when I started in my career, well, even after the ADA was signed, this was not prevalent at companies at all. That's true. And I got involved in this field in part because around the time I had graduated from college, I was working on the first accessible technologies um, with a early DOS, early PCs, things were very accessible. And then the graphical user interface was introduced, and as a blind person, it was something I couldn't use. And I think having the technology and then not having it made a huge impact on me personally. And so for many companies, they didn't do this intentionally. They didn't say, I want to exclude a group of people. But because the awareness was not there in those companies, Things were happening that were excluding folks. And today, as you know, with technology, you have to have access to technology to participate in society, in school, in education, any kind of education, higher education. If you want to uh, be employed, you need to have access to that technology. 
And so my experience has been that um, without access, we have a long way to go. And the only way to change and make sure that there's more access available is to work with companies who are designing their products in the beginning stages of design all the way through distribution. And so it was really hard. Yeah, that is so true because um, still to this day, and I'd say that's because of the high unemployment of people with disabilities. So obviously, companies do not still have this awareness. Still to this day, when I talk to companies, they'll say to me, you mean someone blind would be able to do this? I mean, I actually had, I won't say who it is, but a very major investment company say to me, well, I'm going to be honest with you, I would not hire a blind person, which, of course, I'm thinking, do you ever hear the ADA? I I, I mean, I couldn't believe, because he couldn't believe they could do it. He could not believe they could do it. And I said, well, they can climb Mount Everest. I think they could do this job. But, you know, that's pure ignorance. That's just, you know, lack of working with people who are blind, who are doctors, who do all kinds of things, but they cannot fathom that that could be possible um, in any way, shape, or form. Do, do you still hear that? Do you still see that, Susan? I still see that, and, and frequently people will be surprised that technology makes things possible. They just don't know. And I don't think that the technology or access to technology today is a problem. It's generally attitudes and ignorance. A lot of people without disabilities have never had any experience with being around people with disabilities. People uh, of my age never went to school with people with disabilities. They were always separate. And because of that, they didn't see the abilities that people have. And it was something you didn't talk about. And it's very hard for those individuals to change their way they think about disability because they just don't have the exposure. And and it it is a catch-22. If you don't hire people with disabilities, you don't know they can do the job. And if you don't know they can do the job, they don't necessarily hire them. And so that's why the work that you're doing is so critically important, is it really gives people an opportunity to hire those individuals. And I find that in our company, when someone is developing a product or service, They'll follow the laws. They'll make things accessible. They'll do the process, but they'll do it with a passion if they know they're enabling someone personally they know. You know, if Mm -hmm. you know that someone's going to be able to study or it's going to help a parent who's a caregiver or it's going to help make sure that someone who is deaf is competitive in the workplace and you know that person, you not only follow the letter of the law, you not only design based on rules, you design creatively innovatively, and with excitement. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. With excitement. It's amazing how that changes things, isn't it? It well, really is. Well, Susan, you mentioned AT&T, um, and I know that they are very interested in this because actually last year they bought a segment of this radio show just so they could talk about that. So I I know how your company is. Now, here you are. You know, I see you frequently at events. I hear you talking about disability culture. Uh, But, you know, there are a lot of people uh, with disabilities, like mine, epilepsy, or like your disability, being a person who is blind. But that doesn't mean they decide they're going to be an advocate. You know, they're going to speak out. They're going to be a spokesperson. So what made you decide that? I think really it had a lot to do with my parents. My parents instilled the sense of responsibility in all of their children that if they saw something that was not fair or not right, that they had a personal responsibility to do something. And in some cases it had to do with sexism. My sister has a Ph.D. in chemistry, in a time where she had to fight to get um, grades that actually reflected her performance. Um, she had a situation in high school where her um, she got straight A's in everything she did, but the instructor gave her a B because she was a girl. And he didn't oh feel that girls should God, outperform boys. Oh, my God, that so hard boys. to believe? <laughs> wow. And so, 
you know, she went on to get her PhD in chemistry. I was taught that if there's, if somebody needs help, you help them. If something is unfair, you stand up. If there's discrimination, whether it has to do with disability or race or anything else, if you don't help in that situation, you're part of the problem. And so yeah. I think that it was just something that, that each of us, each of our, our family members has internalized. Well, that's a good thing. That's a really so. good thing. Too bad it isn't like that with everyone. Wow, how many years ago was that with your sister? With my sister, it was about 30 years ago. Oh, my God. You would and, think it's and like today, 100 still, years ago or something. It, it does. Of course, today, yeah, women are still paid less than men. That's true. Exactly. And there are fewer business women who are leaders today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's a problem. You know, discrimination is not just about disability. It's not just about race. It's not just about de- gender. It's really about ignorance. Mm-hmm. And um, giving people the opportunity to become empowered in situations. A lot of the discrimination is not intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some of it is, but but a lot is not. You know, if you're not in the golf course, on the golf course, or if you're not talking sports, um, you may not have access to the same level of of interactions, and that can make a difference. And mm-hmm. we all have these unconscious biases. When I first lost my vision and, you know, I acquired MS, I didn't say to myself, I'm blind. I just thought I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Because the image that had been portrayed to me about blindness was such a dismal one, it couldn't possibly apply to me. You know, life was really not that bad. Things were a challenge. Um, and I think that that's true for a lot of people who acquire disabilities. Um, it's hard to identify yourself as a person with a disability because the stigma historically has been so bad. I think it's changing today, and I think a lot of the work that you've done has made a difference. Um, I think having people um, employed in the workplace makes a huge difference. I think having children in inclusive settings at schools makes a difference. Um, but it's not a fast change. And even yeah. with laws... You need to have the change. You have to change people's attitudes as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Well, hey, this woman has it going on. I think you can tell that. But we've got to go to break for a moment, and then we'll be back with Susan, who is the director of global public policy for AT and T Services. This is Joyce Bender. The year of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act 25th anniversary. This is America's Voice. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Susan. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. 
Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Susan Mashrui, the Director of Global Public Policy for AT&T Services, out there doing a great job, telling us also what made her become an advocate. So, Susan, my favorite subject, Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act. Um, why are there so many companies that they'll say to me, oh, yeah, Section 508, oh, have you done this? No. So what's, why is that? I think a lot of companies don't have the history that AT&T has in terms of working on disability-related issues, um, and it hasn't been on the forefront of, of their thought processes. I also think that there's an inconsistent... Um, level of, of adherence to Section 508 um, by agencies. Some are to the letter. We want something that's accessible. Show us how you're doing it. If you can't, show us why it's not readily achievable um, but or it's not on the market. We want to have the access. And, and other ones are, are less familiar with it. Um, I think that it does have a level of complexity that people don't generally associate with disabilities. I think people think it's disability has got to be easy, um, but it's really looking at technical standards. It's looking at how do you make something accessible, and that's a tough technology question. And we're fortunate at AT&T. We have uh, a lot of people who have background in, obviously, in engineering and looking at things in an innovative way, but we also have human factors experts, and we have a long history of working with the disability community. And if we don't have it right, they let us know. And that's extremely helpful. I wish other companies all had that. Well, when do you think it'll be more real with 508? When, when, you know, just like with Section 503. Since the final rule came out and now, you know, since right now it's here, you have to have uh, your plan in place, you know, you have to have record-keeping in place as of January. When do you think that's going to happen with 508? I think with the refresh, they, there's just been a notice of proposed rulemaking out, and I think that when that cycle is completed, I think companies who are fairly new to the market, because it goes back a number of years, a lot of companies in technology, information communications technology, haven't been around a long time. I think that that will provide them with better guidance. I think, frankly, some of them have been waiting for those new rules to come out to figure out what direction they're going to go in. But I think that that will help. Um, It helps companies know that it's something serious, and it also provides standards that are more up-to-date than ones that are, you know, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you think about about people... A companies, though, I mean, they must not realize that they are, you know, supposed to do this because here's what they'll say. That's expensive. How are we going to get that paid for? I think for them, they're not seeing that their purchases are impacted. Uh, the government purchases for their company are impacted directly by accessibility. And when the message comes more clearly from government agencies and also from businesses who want to employ people with disabilities, then they'll see a more direct impact on the product bottom line. Yeah, because I always tell people, you cannot, um, you know, if a house isn't accessible, you can't get in. If the website is not accessible, you can't get in. 
And how are you going, though, to employ people with disabilities if your internal applications are not accessible? So, you know, it's just amazing to me sometimes how people have a cavalier attitude about, but thank goodness there are great companies like AT&T and Highmark and, you know, many federal uh, defense contractors that are making sure that they do all of this. Um, and, and that is truly a wonderful thing. UTC wants to get this rolled out properly. You know, I think maybe it is this ignorance you talked about, because, but once someone gets engaged, okay, there's a 7% aspirational goal. We have to hire people with disabilities. That, you know, like this can't just be a band-aid. You, you have to do it. You know, it has to happen. And uh, I, I am starting to see that happen, so that's good. I mean, are you seeing it improve different places? I think it has to happen. And I think that with the um, self-identification aspect of it, um, that 503 says that you really need to count how many people you have with disabilities, and that helps companies to um, know what processes, what they're doing, whether it's successful or not. Um, it is a significant challenge, but frankly, what's measured counts. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an important element. I think that many companies are just starting out, but it's making them look at the online application processes. Or are they going to career fairs like the one that you're having um, to try to recruit people with disabilities? Are they doing outreach in a way at universities that doesn't unintentionally exclude people with disabilities, that, that type of thing? Are they going to where people with disabilities are to bring them into the company? Because then they report that back out and they say, these are the things we're doing. And it becomes a, a competitive thing <clears throat> where we're doing more than, than you are. And we are doing these great things. The U.S. Business Leadership Network, for example, has great opportunities to share things that have been successful. And I think 503 helps companies know that they need assistance from people with disabilities to understand where they're falling short and how to make things more welcoming. They need assistance from other businesses who understand what the the laws are in terms of privacy and what their laws are in terms of of Section 503 and and those types of things. And they need to talk to um, companies that are supporting other companies to to help maybe with the transition. Maybe it's a a matter of having job coaches on, on site for a short period of time while someone learns a job. And these things, as success increases because there's so many resources that are out there today, I think more people will be employed. And I'm hoping 7% will someday be a small number. Well, I know. Me too. Uh, uh, Me too, uh, Susan. You know, obviously, it's because of you that so many great things have happened at AT AT&T in this regard. But at the same time, AT&T has to be receptive. And, you know, you were talking about how they get it about disability. Why do you think that is? You know, what makes AT&T so different? I think we've had a long history of working with people in the disability field. So not just employing people with disabilities, but working with disability organizations and trying to be responsive to customers in general and some customers have disabilities. Some people are aging. And if you're really listening um, to what the needs are, it can help you shape what products and services you're delivering. And I think that it also helps change how people within the company who have never been exposed to disability really understand accessibility and the need for it. I mean, we've had the AT&T Advisory Panel on Access and Aging in one form or other for close to 20 years. Wow. And and it's not a have a chicken dinner, we're doing these great things kind of body. (laughs) It's a group of people who are very strong advocates. Um, In some cases, they're specialists in, in specific technologies around accessibility. And then they make recommendations to people within the company who are actually delivering the products and services. And so they will work with teams and as a team resolve issues. 
you know, they don't go in and just say, this is terrible. They say, this is terrible, and this is how we think you should fix it, or you should talk to these folks about how you should fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on long enough that there's a level of trust. And most of the time, the recommendations are outstanding. Sometimes we try them and they fail, but we learn from them. Um, and sometimes there's recommendations we can't do because of, of specific, you know, state or federal laws, mm-hmm. which, you know, for common sense may make sense, but, you know, they're just things we can't do. But because we're working as a team, we're able to accomplish so much more. And so we have that history that helps. We also have people with human factors expertise around disability and aging. So we have people who really know that when someone says they do something, it doesn't necessarily mean how they really interact with it, and they know how to test. We have people who've done um, focus groups and and other forms of market research to understand uh, the market needs, the user needs. And I think that experience has really helped us uh, create a more welcoming culture because how can you not be more welcome once you've introduced people to disability? How can you not um, want to do more? Right. And I believe that, as you just said, that creates a welcoming culture where all of a sudden it's just part of the fabric of the company. Yes. You know, versus this thing we have to do. It just becomes part of the fabric of the company. And, you know, I have to really give kudos to AT&T for that because, as you said, I know they have worked in the disability area for a very long time. So, you know, kudos to them. Well, we'll be right back to talk more to Susan Majrui. Uh This is a great show, especially with an interest on accessibility today, and we're going to be talking about that more. But right now, we're getting ready to go to this break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender Hey, welcome back, everyone, and welcome to our show. If you just joined us, we're talking today to Susan Masrui, Director of Global Public Policy for AT&T. 
And Susan, we were talking a little bit about the employment of people with disabilities. So um, everyone seems to have a different opinion, but one thread seems to be the same that you already talked about a little bit. Uh, your opinion, why do you think we have the highest unemployment of any minority group in America? I think a lot of it just has to do with ignorance. Um, it has to do with the history of exclusion. And I think that the more people with disabilities are included in all activities, um, the better off we all are. I think, you know, with the Industrial Revolution, we had jobs that were um, required to do specific tasks and people were expected to be in a certain way. Um, I think that led to more exclusion. And I think now with information technology and the information uh, revolution, we really have an opportunity to go beyond that because, you know, every technology really is an assistive technology. You know, if you're using a telephone, it's assisting you to talk over a long distance. If you're wearing uh, a hearing aid or glasses, they help you. Um, a printer helps you. A Braille embosser helps you. So having the technology that allows us to bridge some of the functional issues that come with disability, I think will make a big difference. But the attitudinal thing takes a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And I think... We just need to have opportunities for interaction. And, you know, again, it's a catch-22. Once you start hiring people, then you feel comfortable with it. But if you don't take that first step, then you'll never feel comfortable with it. And so oh, I, think, I so agree with you because, of course, we do consulting and we do training. And I really believe, you know, there's always a need for education. But at the end of the day, no matter how much training you do, you will never change the work face of that company until you hire someone. When you hire people with disabilities and you work side by side, that's what changes the perception. Absolutely. And until then, it won't happen. It's the same message as desegregation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same message of having women in the workforce in a variety of capacities, including STEM and as business leaders, once you have folks in those roles, it becomes impossible to think they can't do it or that people won't, you know, there's often an excuse of not feeling comfortable. I had um, two bosses. One, I was looking at transferring to another job. Um, this was a young Caucasian guy who was, you know, kind of a rednecky kind of person. The other boss was a person who was African-American, one of the first uh, officers in, in a telecommunication company of color. And frankly, I was told years later that the person, and this was by that particular officer, that he didn't want to hire me. He told my current boss at the time that he couldn't see how I could possibly do the job. And my boss said to him, and this shows the importance of allies, you know, when you started in your job, there were people who said, I don't think an African-American man can tell white men what to do. And what you're doing is basically the same thing. And to his credit, that officer looked at himself and said, you know, that's wrong, and hired me. But wow. it really took that ally to call him, call attention to it, because he was a great person. He was a wonderful boss. But that attitude was so ingrained that he really had to have someone point it out. And had I pointed it out, it probably would not have been as successful. So I think it's really important that we not only develop people with disabilities for specific jobs and, and for a range of jobs, um, but we also help develop those allies in industry who can say, hey, is this unintentionally discriminatory? Hey, if, if we don't have our website accessible, we can't have people apply. We don't want to be like that. And I think most companies don't want to be like that, but they just haven't thought about it. And so having the involvement of consultants who do educate also raises the level of awareness 
so they can start bringing people in. And it starts with a few kind of ambassadors internally or advocates internally, but then becomes business as usual because who in their right mind would not think that? No one would discriminate intentionally. You've got these great workers. It's great for the business. Right. And it just becomes unfathomable after you're used to it. Yeah, and something I talk about, I know you've heard me say this frequently, is that pity is also one of the problems. You know, when you get into this, oh, you know, I feel so sorry for them, uh, for so-and-so, for this blind person, for this person with epilepsy, for this person who is deaf, I really want to give them a chance. And, you know, with that voice, we don't need pity, we need paychecks. Pity is the worst thing you can do. It truly is. We are not a charity. We're not, you know, the United Way, just like Bender. We're a for-profit company. But people with disabilities want equal pay. You know, not only do they want to work, they want equal pay, and they don't all want to be put in one type of job. Exactly. Equal pay, equal opportunities for advancement, equal opportunities to be let go if they're not doing their job correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, or if they're not good, you know, an equal opportunity to compete. Yeah. Um, and I think the messaging, sometimes by very well-meaning people, has, you know, of, of hire these poor individuals is really damaging. Because, really damaging. Yeah. We would yeah. never say the same thing as for women. You know, women are different. Sometimes they have children. They have different health issues. You know, do we want to have... You'd never say something like that. You would never say, hire the women. They can be good, too. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good message. But the best no. message is all hiring someone is and just, having success. All you have to do is substitute any minority group. Oh, those Latinos. I feel so sorry for them. You know, let's give them a chance. Think about it. You have to think about it. And that's one of the problems that sometimes people don't think. But... You know, a lot of people do have good intentions, and the minute you're hired and you come to work every day and do a great job, you're going to start changing the mindset right then. Just like Highmark and Bear and CSC and the NSA and many companies I work with, they get to the place where they'll say, oh, no, this isn't about charity. This is about business. This is that I have a new talent pool. Absolutely, and I think with AT&T, we've done that with distribution centers. We've gone from people who have been in basically sheltered workshops, um, making less than minimum wage, to full-time employment at AT&T. They're very successful, and you could come up with a thousand reasons why we shouldn't have that program. You could say, you know, those people are different. You can say... Maybe there's risk. Maybe there's a, but the bottom line is they show up every day. They do the job. You can say the union doesn't want them. They're union members, and they they um, you know produce. And that's really the bottom line. And what did they need? An opportunity to learn, learn the skills, which everybody needs going to a new job, and the ability to compete. And we've given mm-hmm. them that. And mm-hmm. you know what? Not everyone is successful. But the percentages are higher than people without disabilities. Right. You and, said about, and, you know, Tony Quello always says, give us the right to be fired. Exactly. Meaning, you know, of course we don't want to be, but you know what he means. Equal, equal opportunity, no pity, equal treatment. And uh, that is what it's all about, just as you said, you know, if you give that person a chance, you are going to have not a person with a disability, not just that. Of course, it's like I have a female, I have a person of color, but you're also going to have a very talented person. I always say no one is going to uh, give me a large contract because I have epilepsy. Do right. I have epilepsy? Yes. Am I ashamed? No. Do I talk about it all the time? Yes. But that is not why I'm getting hired or companies are working with me. You have to have the skill set. 
And that's the way people have to start seeing it. You know, you would not say, the only reason I'm hiring this person is because they're Latino. You would say, I'm hiring this person or this woman because they are skilled in this area. Exactly. Have to change the way you think. And what do you think? Do you think 503 is going to make a big difference, Susan? I know you've been at events with me where people have talked about it. Um, What do you think? I think it will. I think it will take time, but by focusing attention in this area, I think it will help. And I think, frankly, as companies hire more people with disabilities, they'll want to hire more people with disabilities, and that's really the bottom line. But helping them understand that what they need to do and having them look at other companies who've been successful and try to emulate those, I think that that will help. I just think it takes a little time. Yeah, it it takes time. But let me tell you, and I want to tell business listening, I have had more federal contractors, companies, call me in this past year than I did in my 20 years. I mean, it is overwhelming. So at least I know a group of companies that are taking it seriously. And because of that, just as you said, Susan, once they start working with me, they change. They say, oh, wait, this is a great employee. It's just getting in the door and giving people an opportunity. And we are going to go to break, and then we'll be back to close the show. If you just joined us, you can still hear this show on my website at www.benderconsult.com with Susan Majruri, Director of Global Public Policy at AT&T Services. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. And before we go back with Susan, I just want to mention that, you know, in the 20 years I've been in business, there are two companies that have stood behind me, Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Bayer. And may I thank Bear Material Science and Highmark, 
who are both sponsors of this radio show. Thank you very much. Well, we are with Susan Majrui, the Director of Global Public Policy with AT&T Services. And, Susan, I just thank you again so much for being with us. Um, this has really been a great show um, and just loved having you. Thank you. So, Susan, obviously someone has had an impact on you, and I'm going to take a guess who it is, uh, but just as I said before, uh, your energy level, your advocacy, just so much about you, um, who, who would you consider your role model? I have a lot of role models. <laughs> I'm though. fortunate in that. I, I think, obviously, you are one. You're the person who's come out with a disability and shown leadership, and I think that that's outstanding. Uh, Cindy Kolb at San Francisco State University um, was the director of the disability services there, and she was quite instrumental in my understanding about disability culture and disability pride. Um, but, you know, my husband, who led a boycott against the company um, because they had inaccessible products, his name is Jamal Mazrui, by the way. He has been a role model for me, but I think the biggest ones have been my parents. I mean, they taught me you have to face challenges just as challenges, something to overcome, think creatively, uh, live with integrity, um, and and work to help other people. And, and they really lived that, and I think that that's helped me, helped shape me. I hope to achieve those goals and certainly have a long way to go, um, but I think that they have been been phenomenal. And then Mary in your in your company has been a great advocate or a great inspiration for me in terms of of looking at health and and physical well being. I mean, there's just no shortage. I mean, one of the things about that's wonderful working in the disability field. We so we have so many remarkable people we work with. Yes, that and, is so true. Yeah, we do. We you know, do. I, I was talking to Jim Tobias, who works with Inclusive Technologies, and he is an expert in accessible design. He's absolutely brilliant. And he said he was with a book group, and he said, one of the people said, I've never really met a remarkable person. And he thought to himself, I have met so many. And, and I feel, really feel blessed to have the opportunity. Some of them have disabilities, some of them don't, um, but they've all been passionate about doing the right thing and making a difference. And, yes. and that keeps you going. Yes, it does. And just as you said, you know, we're, we're so fortunate to know so many people like that. We really are. Um, and, you know, just like you, I see you. I've seen you everywhere. You know, you're a friend. Uh, you're a leader in the disability community. But as time goes on, I hope we see also more young people, you know, more and more young people with disabilities moving into these roles because, hey, that's our future, right? Yes. And, and I think one of the exciting things about 503 is we're impacting a whole new generation of HR professionals who are going to be taking the leadership role and are excited and they see it as a cause to champion. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is, is quite exciting, not to mention all the young employees with disabilities who will then go on to leadership roles within companies or within agencies. Right. That's right. Well, we can retire. I'm looking forward to seeing that happen because I was so, you know, when people would say, who are the leaders? Okay, it would be the same people you hear over, over, and over. And I want the day to come where it's all new people that we hear over and over. You know what I mean? And I think we're starting to. I think we're starting to. I mean, there's certainly, you know, Ari Newman has been a great leader. I think uh, Lydia Brown. I mean, there, there are younger people coming up. Um, we just have to have more of them. Yep, that's right. Well, listen, you, you know, to me, you have accomplished so many things in your life. By the way, more than that, manager, that hiring manager that said he didn't think you could do it, you know, look at you now, look where you work, look what you've achieved. But if you had to think 
what you believe are your greatest accomplishments, what would you say? I, I think the greatest accomplishment I've had is really to influence accessible information and communications technology to show that it can be done accessibly and it can be done in a way that's user-friendly and beneficial to everyone. And I think I've been able to do it in a way that's not aggressive um, in, in a violent sense, but has been one of collaboration and empowerment and um, developing of allies and, and advocates. And so I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to eliminate my need to be employed because there'll be so many people in the company who are doing the right thing that um, they know what to do. And, and I see it now. I see people um, who started out saying, oh, we can't do that, to, uh, you know, Avalyn Jackson led the first accessible um, talking cell phone that was uh, offered by any major national company. Uh, she's now working on getting people employed with disabilities. And, you know, at, at points in the at time, she's turned to me and said, aren't you frustrated because it's taking so long? You know, seeing that growth and the advocacy going beyond me, and not just in Avalyn, but um, in uh, Jeff Brand, and I mean, I can name tons and tons of people. If I, I could spend the whole hour just naming people who are tremendous advocates within the company. And seeing that happen has really been my... Um, I don't know if I could call it my accomplishment, but it's the thing I'm most proud of that I've worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you've certainly done a lot, Susan. Um, and as I said before, it is uh, a blessing to have you in our community. Uh, it's a blessing to see what you've done to help other people through the job that you have and certainly to have you as a friend. So, Susan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I think anybody can make a difference. Um, if you have a disability or you don't have a disability, you can go out there and you can make changes, make the world a better place. And whether it's for employment of people with disabilities or it's a- assisting someone who is older and wants to travel the world, um, you can make that difference. And, and if we work together, we can make tremendous and long, long-lasting differences. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And I hope that, uh, you know, I always tell people, one person, one person, look what one person can do and one person can achieve. So, Susan, thank you for being with us. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, you know, we went in every show with a quote by someone that I believe has impacted so many others. So today the quote is, hearing people have the ability to remove barriers, barriers that prevent deaf people from achieving their dreams, said Marley Matlin. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.